Welcome to Married to Murder. I'm Clint. And I'm Summer. And we're a true crime podcast. Where I tell him all of my favorite true crime stories, and he's hearing it for the first time, just like you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a tale of murder. Welcome back. We're back. Guess who's back? Back again? Mm Uh-huh. Guess who's back? Tell a friend. Oh, my God. I don't know. (laughs) I know why we don't do YouTube, and I know why we don't sing. No, no, no. no. Ain't nobody want to see this. (laughs) I do. Okay. One out of 10 million people want to see this. I disagree. I disagree. Okay. So maybe like three total. Hey. Three people is three people. But anyway, y'all, welcome back. We could, let me post you on Instagram. Oh, so I wouldn't plan on talking about this, but it just pisses me off. So I'm going to mention it and see. I wonder if anybody's had this issue. Instagram took my personal account down. I have nothing like but cats and kids and cakes on my personal Instagram. So why would they? Take my personal Instagram down. So now I have to stalk people from our Married to Murderer Instagram. It's annoying. Like they said they took it down? I showed you. Remember they wanted me to take a picture of myself with like, they wanted me to write the code that they sent me on a piece of paper and take a picture of myself. That's weird. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like somebody's trying to come get you. Take a pic, like that's like a ransom thing. <laughs> Take a picture of yourself with this code to prove who you are. It's Instagram, not Bank of America. It's sad when uh, it's not like I social have- media has more security measures in place than some banks' online services. Um, hospitals. <laughs> Facts. We both deal with the same hospital name, but it gets on our nerves. We we can't name it though. It's stupid. He deals with their copy machines, and I deal with the IT. And and I also deal with their IT people, too. Some of them. And they're a bunch of idiots. Anybody who's- I know there's smart <laughs> IT people out there. I just have trouble finding them. Dustin's like the only one I can think of. And what about Roy? He's IT. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot about that he's IT. I mean, he's never helped me do IT stuff, but I assume he's smart. I mean, I know he's smart, so I assume he's good at IT. I mean, of course he's smart. He likes us. Mm, he's friends with you, so that does negate <laughs> some intelligence. Fuck you, woman. <laughs> I love you, too. Okay. Well, tell people what they need to do. Uh, if I remember what you told me correctly, they need to re- review us and rate us. Please do. If you've listened to... Three or four episodes, we're worth a review. Take 20 seconds. Say, these Southern bitches are awesome. Five star. Or four star. Whatever you feel is fair. Five star. I mean, ideally five star, but whatever you feel is fair. We appreciate them. Yes. And we appreciate the people who've done it. But I get jealous when other people get all these reviews. (laughs) And I'm like, you haven't been around as long as us. Why do you have more reviews than us? That's not fair. We don't advertise. They don't advertise either, I don't think. We don't social media. We don't. We don't social media. I'm very bad about the social media. Like, we do I'm not sorry. push our podcast. I'm very sorry that I don't social media as much as I should. It's because I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. 46. Lord bless me. 
<laughs> I'm avoiding our case. Why do you want to do that? Because I apologize in advance for this case, y'all. It's going to give you nightmares. I've already been pre-warned to get my adult beverage of choice on hand. So I have. You know, and I'm going to shout out to uh, Roy again <laughs> for providing this adult beverage this go-round. We got a bottle of Old Forester 1870 bourbon that he gave me for my birthday. Must say, it's pretty good. I'm not upset with it. I was, I was just following instructions. How about need a drink? Uh-huh. If you cannot handle graphic items and torture, this is not the one for you. If this is the first time you've listened to us, please do not. Go pick another case to listen to first. Any other episode besides this one. Do I need to dig the vodka out for you? I've known this case for a long time, so that's why I told you I wanted to hurry. I've been bugging you about recording it, so I'm trying to get it out of my head. Which, once it's in your head, it's going to live there. If you go look on Reddit, people are like, I can't forget this story. This story made me cry. It's awful. It's one of those worst nightmare scenarios. It's that bad. You'll see. So, just the specific warnings would be torture and rape and murder, of course. What if I don't want to see? You're forced to see this. <laughs> no. uh, shout out to Dustin in your shirt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They can't see it. You should post, take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. Um, we'll have so, to decat hair at first. Yeah, I didn't mean like right this minute. Tell them what it says. It uses emoji He got it for Christmas. It uses emoji symbols to say, I call bullshit. It's an eye and a phone and a moo-moo and a poop emoji. Shit emoji. Poop. Shit. <laughs> like a 12-year-old. Sometimes. All right. Our case takes place January 6, 2007 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Now, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to y'all. If I'm a little drunk by the end of this, because I was told to get my bourbon on hand or my I tequila told or whatever. You, I didn't tell you to get the whole bottle. I told you to get. I I've, thought you, I've I told got you one glass of bourbon. Yeah, you got the bottle, the glass on one side and the bottle on the other side. Well, if it's as bad as you're making it out to be, I might need to refill the glass. Well, we're gonna. See, uh, you probably are. We'll see. I'm just. I've got it on standby, and I'm ready. All right, we're talking about a couple, Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom. They were dating. She's 21 at this time. He is 23. So a little history on Shannon. Shannon Gale Christensen, not Christensen, sorry, Christian, was born April 29th, 1985 in Nacogdoches, Texas. Nacogdoches. I don't think a lot of y'all want to know how to spell that. <laughs> it's N A C O G D O C H E S, Texas. And how do you spell Nacogdoches? Where Steel Magnolias was made. I cannot spell Nacogdoches. <laughs> I have an ex friend who used to be able to spell Nacogdoches. She could spell it, but she lived there because she was going to school there, but I cannot. Or Appaloosas. I can pronounce it. I can't spell Appaloosas either. <laughs> we got a lot of. I can spell Baton Rouge. I can spell Central. We got a lot of cities and towns around here that you can't. Y'all just need to be glad I pronounce it right. The pronunciation guides are a must sometimes. Oh, we had 
it was great when uh, story time. Sorry, y'all. So when I we're worked, never going to get to this. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So when I worked at my <clears throat> old job, and I had people that worked for me that were from South Carolina, and they were calling Louisiana people, and they would call and want to talk to Mister Richard instead of Mister Richard. And very, you know, bourgeois and bourgeois and stuff. Like I would teach them how to. They were like, "That's how you say that." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is how you say it." In Louisiana, if it ends in e a u x, it's o. I think a lot of people know that now because of Joe Burrow. All right, back to our story. Shannon had an older brother named Chase, and uh-huh. her family moved to Tennessee in 1997 when she was about 12 years old. So she graduated from. I'm probably going to screw this up because this is a weird name. Farragut, it's F-A-R-R-A-G-U-T High School. That is an odd name. It is. And she was a senior at the University of Tennessee, where she was majoring in sociology. What, what? Not a huge fan of Tennessee right now. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Can't I don't, imagine I don't, why. I don't care for their baseball coach. You don't care but for But they're why. still SEC, so, you know, go SEC. They're barely SEC. No, Missouri is very early SEC. But, you know, that's another story. All right. She was very spiritual and attended West Park Baptist Church. Her family and friends describe her as loving, kind, loyal, empathetic, and smart. I mean, she was already a senior. She's only 21. Did she light up the room? Unfortunately, she probably did. Oh, shit. We just drifted into an episode of Dateline. Dateline won't do this case because it's too graphic. That means Dateline's a bunch of bitches in. No, Dateline in 2020, if you ever notice, like, the very, very graphic things do not get covered on the mainstream oh. shows because they do not want to discuss these types of things. And there's no way around it without, there's no way to tell this story appropriately without explaining how awful it is. If so you, then you get a psychos like us that sit here and tell you about it. I just feel like this is this is why I think that these cases should be told. One, these people did not deserve this to happen to them. Not that anybody does, but they didn't. The people that are awful. There are many of out there. Should have not had the opportunity to do this to them, as we'll discuss further. And they need to be remembered. And they endured this. And There's a lot of people, oh, I can't listen to that. Oh, I can't listen to that. They went through it. You're listening to it for 45 minutes. Like, they endured this. So I feel like it's respectful to listen to it and know what what happened to them. Because listening to it's bad enough. Can you imagine enduring it? I mean, you don't know what happened yet, but you'll see. All right. So let's talk about Chris. Hugh Christopher Newsom Jr. was born September 21st, 1983. Shout out to Derek's birthday. Shout out to 1983. That's right. He's the same age as you. Or would have been. Uh, Within a few months, but yes. To Hugh and Mary Newsom. That's his parents. So Chris was the youngest and like a surprise baby. Um, His siblings were like almost grown by the time he was born. He was a little accident and a very pleasant accident for them. He had an older brother, Dennis, and two older sisters, Debbie and Andrea. Now, he graduated from Halls High School in 2002, where he was a standout baseball player for the Halls Red Devils. Yeah, cool to have a mascot called the Red Devils. Go Red Devils. 
Unfortunately, an injury did end his very promising baseball career. From all accounts, he's like 6'3 and like really good. And it just a stupid injury. Stop that. That's all it takes. Uh, it's so sad. So he attended Pellissippi. It's like Mississippi, but starts with Pelly. I had never heard of that, which I loved it. It's Pellissippi State Technical Community College. Speaking of Mississippi, well, what's the name of the town that you uh, found in North Mississippi? Oh, we have listeners in Guntown, Mississippi. Shout out to y'all. I was like, that's amazing. I want to know the crime statistics in Guntown, Mississippi. Zero. <laughs> zero. And I want to know the gun ownership statistics, too. <laughs> Not zero. It's much higher. <laughs> All right. So Chris also attended Beaver Dam Baptist Church. So they were both, you know. They were beavers. They were God's little beavers. You're a weirdo. Chris was working as a carpenter and apparently was very good with his hands and building things. So he would build like furniture and stuff that was like apparently amazing. They said it was really, really pretty. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for any drunken ramblings I may say throw out there. I'm telling you, this is not going to be a funny one. Well, hence the bourbon. I know. So Shannon and Chris had met through friends and hit it off, and they hadn't been dating very long, about two to three months. So they're still in that honeymoon phase where it's like, I want to spend all my time with you. I only want to be with you. Lots of lovey-dovey stuff. She had actually been introduced to his parents because he was like, really kind of like this girl. You want to meet my parents? So things seem to be going well. They were both in a good place. I mean, she's about to graduate from college in December. He's got a good job. They're a extremely beautiful couple. Like, obviously, looks don't matter when you're talking about murder victims. But when you look at their pictures, you can, I mean, they're just, they look like. They would be cons- what we would call pretty people. Yeah. Like, if you were looking, you know how when you have, like, the little f- frames in, like, a store or something, and there's, like, a picture of a couple? Mm-hmm. They would be that couple. Because they're, like, they're both so perfect. And they just look so cute. They match. Like, they look like they belong together. Do we look like we belong together? I have no idea. I'm short, so probably not. <laughs> you can't say if you look like... You can't tell that about yourself. You can only say that about other people. So, any real listeners that uh, know us, let us know that. Oh, God. What are they going to say? They're going to have to say yes. I mean, we've been together 19 years. Are any of our listeners that encounter us out in the wild, so to speak? I yeah. feel sorry for them. I mean, we do go on vacation. We do travel around a little bit. Yep, we're going to Houston. If you're in Houston, let us know. Shout out. On Saturday, January 6th, so this is January 6th, 2007, Shannon and Chris had plans to have dinner and then go hang out with friends. It was a friend's birthday party. So Chris had played golf that day, and then he dropped one of his friends off at the party to let him know, you know, letting him know that him and Shannon are going to go grab dinner. So the plan was, I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to go pick up Shannon. We're going to go eat, and then we'll come back to this party. We're going to go get some grub, and then we're going to come back and throw down. Yeah. So Shannon had gone to her friend's Kara's apartment to get ready to go out. You know how girls are. We don't like to get ready by ourselves. So I don't like to do anything by yourselves. No, we don't. Because I'm sure she had to talk about Chris and how great he was. So she's over at Kara's apartment. She had brought like her, you know, like a sleepover bag, makeup bag, all that kind of stuff. And gotten dressed. Well, Kara was going to the same party. 
So she's like, well, y'all are going to eat and y'all, are, you know, they wanted their own little alone time. So Kara left and headed out to the party about 8 p.m. So Shannon is still at the apartment. Waiting. Okay. So she has a Toyota 4Runner. And so she's waiting in her SUV in the parking lot. What year is this happening again? 2007. Okay. I'm just curious of the Generation 4Runner. What? That is not the important part of this. I know. Car guy. Focus. Can't help it. Okay, so Chris drops off his friend at 9, and then he heads straight to the apartment complex. So about 9.10, he's arriving at the Washington Ridge Apartments. Now, he goes up. Shannon's, like, behind the wheel of her forerunner. He walks up to the forerunner, and they're, like, kissing. Like, he's standing beside the forerunner, and she's sitting in the car. Like, every normal person does in a relationship. I mean, we've done it a million times. And they're smoochins? They're smoochins, yes. And then, so they're just minding their own business. They didn't see anybody. They didn't do anything. They weren't talking to anybody. They were literally just talking to each other and kissing. I see nothing wrong with this so far. So Shannon was last seen wearing jeans, hot pink high heels. Amazing to wear hot pink high heels. Good for her. I already a pair tonight. Shut up. (laughs) A hot pink, white, and navy blue striped sweater. And Chris was seen wearing a blue sweater, jeans, sneakers, and a baseball cap. So, out of nowhere, several men appear with guns and make them get in Shannon's car and get down. Several men. Several. And then the pair is driven to a home at 2316 Shipman Street. Okay. So, Shannon and Chris were supposed to go to this party. So, when they didn't show up at first, people were like, they're just, you know, together. They got distracted. They're making out. They'll be here. But eventually they start calling because they're worried because these are actually responsible people. Like they both have jobs. She's in school. Like he's in, you know, junior high. Like they're doing, these are responsible kids. These are not, I mean, great, technically they're young adults, but they are not, you know what I'm saying? Like they're people who, if they say they're going to be there, they're going to be there. And there was no, I mean, it's not like fuck a party. I'm not going to a party. Like nobody's going to say that. Unless it's a crap party. But you know what I mean? Obviously, they like these people. They had mutual friends there. I I would say that depending on the party. Because you're grouchy sometimes. I'm not grouchies. (laughs) Sometimes you are. Sometimes you are. Oh, definitely. (laughs) They do not get an answer. And their friends actually go to the apartment to look for them. So they get to the apartment, and Chris's truck is at parked in the parking lot and Shannon's car is not to be seen. And this is about 11 PM. So Shannon actually calls her dad at 1233 AM. Now she's been taken, but she calls her dad and her dad says she sounds normal and says that she will actually be home between two and three that night. She had been, planning to spend the night at a friend's house. So they weren't even expecting her home. But she calls and says, no, I'm, I, you know, I'm okay. I'm going to be home between two and three. 
And they're like, okay, well, you know, you're 21. You're in college. Okay. Since we're sitting here talking about this, she did not come home. She did not come home. So Shannon's boss calls the next day on the 7th to let her parents know that she never showed up for work. And just want to check on her and be like, because this isn't normal. So then they start to panic. And they call her friends. Still nobody knows where she is. They call Chris. And, of course, he's not answering. And then they call Chris's parents. And that's when Chris's parents realize, oh, wait, Chris never came home last night either. So now you have two sets of parents looking for their children. So now we're getting, oh, shit, panic mode. Exactly. Now, the men who had pulled guns on Shannon and Chris and forced them into the vehicle were 24-year-old Latavius Darnell Cobbins. We're going to get a lot of names in this, so just pay attention. Did you make me a flow chart? No, but <laughs> asshole one, asshole two will work for you. Okay, that works. 23-year-old George Giovanni Thomas. 25-year-old Lamarcius Duvall Davidson. Now, these guys are all younger. And then you've got 34-year-old Eric Dwayne Boyd. Now, Cobb, I'm going to call them by their last names because there's so many names. Cobbins and Davidson. So the 23-year-old and the 25-year-old are actually half-brothers. Okay. And then Thomas is friends with Cobbins. Okay. The younger brother. And then Boyd was friends with Davidson. So it's like half-brothers and two friends. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So Cobbins' 18-year-old girlfriend, Vanessa Lynn Coleman, will play a role in this later as well. So Stacy Lawson, which was Thomas's girlfriend, had brought Coleman, Thomas, and Cobbins to stay with them in December. Okay, so Davidson has a house that he is renting, the Chipman Street address. And this is Tennessee. We're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Just a reminder. Okay. His half-brother, girlfriend, and friend Thomas live in Kentucky. So they decide to come stay and visit with Davidson. So it's these three extra people staying at his house. Mm -hmm. None of these people have jobs. How do people survive without jobs? They sell drugs. (laughs) All right, is this confirmed fact? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. <sighs> Drugs are not the answer, kids. No, they're not. But, yeah. So, you've got all these people in this house that are doing drugs, selling drugs, don't have any... You've got this unproductive group of people over here in this <laughs> one house... And they take from the productive people. They take the productive kids over here, Shannon and Chris, that are going to school, have jobs, don't do drugs, you know, going to celebrate their friend's birthday, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they bring them to this house with all of these lovely non productive people. So they bring them to the trap house then. 
And because it is a discussion, we will, we're not going to discuss it right now, but at the end, it was an issue in Knoxville. Shannon and Chris are white. All the people that kidnapped them are black. So I it does had be- a suspicion just going off of the names, stereotyping it. But that. Well, you can't tell from Shannon and Chris's names. No. But they are white. The people that kidnapped them are black, and it does become an issue later that is discussed. So we'll discuss it at the end after we get through, but just so it's out there ahead of time. And you can view it, you know, however you want to view it. I have thoughts, but we'll see. All right. So Davidson had actually just completed a five-year jail sentence for robbery and carjacking and was released August of 2006. So like five months before this happens. Uh, and Boyd has a long history. I pulled his appeal documents and he had this long, like, history of robbery Boyd did the oldest one mm-hmm. and it was just like he would rob pizza huts and like gas stations and stuff and it was so it was so sm- small petty stuff it was but he would come with a gun he was almost always armed and he did shoot at people so he would shoot at somebody's car if they were in the parking lot or he would shoot up in the air so he was not it was armed robbery it wasn't just and it was multiple of them like it was so weird to me because it was like Pizza Hut on, like, I can't remember the name of the street, but, like, it would be the Pizza Hut on the street, and then, like, three months later, he would rob the gas station on the same street. Like, he robbed the same, something on the same street, like, four or five times. I was like, is this the only street in town? Like, what, like, I feel like you need to... Maybe that's just where he got tired of walking to. I mean, I feel like you need to spread it out. Right? But, so he had... your patterns. All four men had multiple previous felony convictions. So... You kind of come to, like, should they have even been out? If you've got multiple felony convictions, I, I don't mean, they're feel like not, they should. Most of them were drug and armed robbery and burglary and carjacking type stuff. Well. None of them had had, like, murder or attempted murder. But. Here's the thing. Obviously, the prison reform system did not work for these individuals. No, because, I mean, they're immediately out and going, like, at it. So, Shannon and Chris were blindfolded and had their hands tied behind their back while they were in the car. Now, the Newsom's and Christian's family, they reach out to police. But here's the sad part. These people are 21 and 23. You don't have to come home to your parents when you're 21 and 23. No, no. So, they blow them off, basically. That the families and all their friends, because they have really good friends, obviously, start searching. And they're, like, looking around Knoxville. They're looking where the apartment is, blah, blah, blah. Her parents are super smart. They had access to her phone records. And they pull Shannon's phone records. And they find out where, the la- where it last pinged, which was around Cherry Street in Knoxville. This is not a good area of town. Everybody, every town has a not good area of town. Yes. Whatever it is. Everybody knows you don't go there at night or whatever. That's where you go if you want to buy drugs or whatever. The bigger the town, the bigger the area. Yeah. And Knoxville's pretty big. Knoxville's pretty big. So this was an area of town that they know that their daughter would not normally have gone to. Like she, there's no reason. It's not like, oh, she's got a friend down the street or 
they are very aware this is not where she would be. So they start literally doing a grid search. They set up, her family does this, not the police. Mm -hmm. Do a grid search and are going down every street in this area, searching for her car or her. Uh, Some sign of her. Right. Or him, for that matter. Yes, and they're, exactly, they're looking for him as well. I feel bad, because in some ways, Chris kind of gets forgotten. He's an afterthought in this case, and it shouldn't be, because his what he endures is awful as well. Like, they both, it's awful. He just spent less time dealing with the awful. So He expired more quickly? Yes. So, I don't like it when people unalive people. I don't either. That makes me sad, especially. Although when, some people do need unaliving. Tennessee has a death penalty. So, you know. All right. So they're searching. And in the meantime, on January 7th, so they're kidnapped the night of January 6th, like sometime, nobody knows the exact time of when they're kidnapped. Sometime mm-hmm. after 9 and before 11 is all they know. So sometime between 9 and 11 on the night of January 6th, and then on January 7th at 1.45 a.m., a neighbor of Davidson's hears three pops that sound like gunshots near the railroad tracks. That's not good. Nobody goes to investigate at that time. He just, they find this out later that he heard it. He doesn't tell anybody at the time. So that morning at 7.45 a.m., Roy Thurman sees smoke coming from where the railroad tracks are, but he doesn't investigate it. So at 12.24 p.m., a railroad employee is coming to work, and he finds a burned body beside the railroad tracks. That's not good. That didn't smell good either, I'm sure. No. At this point, the body is an unidentified male. That would be our buddy Chris, I'm sure. Yes. So, Dr. Milasonic Pulchin performed the autopsies. That's a name. Yes. All right. So, this is, we're going to get into you. I have bourbon ready. I'm good. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> this is Chris's autopsy. Now, his autopsy is done before they realize who he is. They just know they found an unidentified male. His autopsy revealed that his hands were tied behind his back. Okay. His eyes were covered by a bandana. Okay. He was barefoot with his legs bound. Okay. His feet were muddy, so he had walked to his own death. They believe he had a dog leash around his neck that he was pulled by the dog leash and dragged. Not cool. Not at all. A sock was stuffed in his mouth and secured with a shoelace to hold it in. I can only hope it was a clean sock. I doubt it. And a sweatshirt had been wrapped around his head. He had no defensive wounds, so he'd never had a chance to defend himself. Uh, looking at the picture of him, pictures of him, I would say he might have had a decent chance. If it hadn't have been four on one, like if it had been one on one, he'd have been fine. Possibly two on one. But four on one with guns? Yeah, that that's bad odds. Yeah. I, don't, there, I mean, there's nobody can do anything. And God only knows what they said to him. You know, if you cooperate, we won't hurt y'all. If you do this, we won't hurt her. Yada, yada. You know, you never know. It's worse when there's two people taken because 
you might be willing to do something, you know, try and get away yourself, but then you have to worry about the other person. You know what I'm saying? So it makes it, yeah. it puts you in more of a bind, even than you already were if you were just by yourself taken. So let's continue on with the horribleness. He was dressed in just a t-shirt and then an overshirt and his underwear. So no pants. He had a hematoma to his right forehead. So he had been hit in the head. And what is a hematoma, ma'am? It's like a bump. It's where a blood is pulled because you've been hit. So more or less a bruise, kind of in layman's Like a raised bruise, like a lump. Okay. Just just to break it down in layman's That's terms. That's why I said he'd been hit on the head. It was found that Chris had been raped by an object and at least one of his perpetrators. Not a good way to go. Yeah. You don't hear that very often with guys, so... uh well, I mean, they are all ex-cons slash convicts, period. They very much tried to deny that they had done that to him after the fact. Like, it was like, oh, no, it wasn't me. So we do not know which of the four raped Did it. Or if it was more than one. Because the fire... Destroyed a lot of evidence. Destroyed the DNA. He, he definitely was raped. But as to, there's a suspicion of which one it is, but it's not definitive because of the DNA being destroyed. And none of, you'll see, like, we'll get more into it as far as once they get caught. Um, So they believe that he was raped about an hour or two prior to his death. And that's just from, you can tell how long a wound has been there just because of the way the area and the tissue around it react. Yeah. So it was obviously not like right before it had been a little bit before, but I mean, they're awful. Cause you I mean, you've kidnapped somebody, you've raped them, not only raped them, but raped them with an object. I'm going to make the assumption that they also raped Shannon. Oh, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we're going to get to it. I mean, if they raped him, I, it's only natural to assume they would have raped her as well. Rape is a mild word for what they do to her. There should be a different word. Why was I afraid of that? It should. I mean, there really needs to be a different word. Like, I don't know what it would be, but it needs to be a different word. Really? Yeah. That bad? Yeah. It's very bad. I told you this is a horrible case. It's horrible. These people are horrible. They did not know these people. They pick them randomly off of a parking lot. How do you have so much anger that you have beat them? You have raped him. You care. You drag him with a dog leash barefoot to the railroad tracks. And then you're going to find out what happens next. Then he is shot three times. Once in the neck, once in the lower back, causing extreme damage to his spinal cord. So basically he would have been paralyzed. And then the final shot was execution style behind his right ear. Then he's wrapped in a comforter and they pour gasoline on him. And then he's set on fire. You do not know this person. How do you have this much anger? Because you're a shit human being. Like you could, I'm, nobody needs to kill anybody, but you literally, because they say we just needed the car. We just needed the car. Okay. One of them's not even in the car. How easy is it to pull a hundred pound girl out of the front seat and steal the car? 
Right. It's easier to pull her out of the car than it is to put both of them in the back seat because she's in the front seat. They didn't make her drive. They put her in the back seat. But then again, they'd be leaving witnesses and... They're not gonna, like somebody puts a gun in your face, four guys, like you're going to remember them? You're not going to know. They, they're not going to know. They're not going to be able to describe them. And how many burglaries and other things have these guys done? A ton. Bullshit you just needed the car. Bullshit. You could have taken the car. You could have taken two cars. You could have taken his truck. You could have his truck and her SUV. You could have had two cars if all you needed was a car. But instead of just taking a car, you rape him, shoot him three times, and set him on fire. The only consolation is he really he was dead for sure before they set him on fire. That's well, the only consolation. That is good. And I can only imagine how much therapy and whatnot he would need after if he were to survive this. You know, up to the fatal shot in the fire point anyway because i can't imagine you would come out of that without being changed fuck oh i'm sure i'm sure so chris was identified on january 8th apparently an officer knew him and was able to identify (laughs) him so that's when they realize hey this is this kid who's been missing and also on january 8th at 1 30 a.m shannon's friends find her suv And it's near Chipman Street. It was on the corner of Chipman and Glider Street. So they notify the police, like, we found her car. She's not in it. Okay, so note to self, if we ever go to Knoxville, stay away from these streets. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think we would be able to figure it out. But, so about, police are finally like, oh, maybe we should be involved. So they finally get involved. And they realize... There's something going on. So they get her car and they process it. So most of the car had actually been wiped down because they're career criminals, but they're not perfect career criminals or else they wouldn't have been in jail 27 billion times. So they find a fingerprint on an envelope and that fingerprint matches Davidson. Okay. The one at the house. So both front seats had been pushed back. Shannon was not that tall. I think she was like 5'8". So... It was obvious that she had not been driving because both the front seats had been pushed back. And usually it wasn't when they went somewhere, they took his truck. So like the plan was they were going to leave her car there mm-hmm. and get his truck. Cause she'd actually been going to spend the night with that friend mm-hmm. before she makes this call that they make her make, which is stupid on their part because she was already not even supposed to come home. So then they made it her say she wasn't. But they didn't know that, I'm sure. No, they didn't know that. So I don't know. I, w- I wish there was some way that her parents would have realized something was going on. But they said she sounded normal. Newport cigarettes were found in the car, along with mud on the floorboards. And items that Shannon usually kept in her SUV, like a phone charger, her overnight bag. And she used to keep, this is the saddest thing, she kept a teddy bear in her car. And it wasn't in there. That's such a girl thing to do. Like Being- a college girl. Being a smoker myself, typically Newports and Cools, for that matter, are are more smoked by more black people than white people for some reason or another. I do not know why, but both Newports and Cool are... Are they cheaper, or are they the same price as everybody else? They're the same price as everybody else. They're a menthol cigarette, though. And you smoke non-menthol? Yeah, I, I don't do menthol. I can't do them. 
Maybe there's like it. I don't know. All right. So her car is found at 1.38 a.m. Okay. His fingerprint is verified January 9th at 2.45 a.m. Okay. She's in this house. At 2.52 a.m., he emails Knoxville PD about the print and the known address of Davidson at Shipment Street. So this guy who's verifying the technician, crime scene technician, who is verifying the print, actually drives by the address Mm -hmm. to see if he can see anything after he's notified. Because he, like, goes off shift and he drops by. But, I mean, you really can't tell anything from the, just outside the house. You can see if there's activity going on or something. So, at 7 a.m., they verify the print again with another technician. Why can't we just hurry the fuck up? Because that would make sense. Between 10.30 and noon, law enforcement requests a warrant. So, they are able to get a search warrant because there was something... They had some sort of probable cause. Yeah, they had, it was based more on, it was based more on like previous um, stuff that he had did as opposed to on Shannon. His previous, you know, the fact that he had had previous crimes and different things and drug issues, they were able to get it through that to go in. So they get the search warrants and they entered the Chipman Street address on Tuesday, January 9th at 1.39 p.m. So this is about 36 hours after her friends find the car and almost 12 hours after the print is found. So we're not talking a long period of time here. I think it's too long. I think the minute you found the print, you get your happy ass up. And because this is not a we're looking for a body. This girl has been taken. You don't know if she's alive or dead. You know she has been taken, and her body is not with Cressus. There is a chance she is still alive. Why are we not rushing this? Because that would make sense. I mean, they are not hiding. You have his fingerprint. First of all, the family found the fucking car for you. You're welcome. Second, you find a print. Like, I'm not being an asshole, but, like, it was the guy on night shift who's finding the print. So, like, when he goes home, like, they're, they bleed this shit until the next day, till he comes back till shift. Um, she's missing. Do you know what she's going through for eight hours? Would you want to go through what she's going through for eight hours? Obviously, they don't out, know what she's going through at this point. I hope they feel guilty. That's all I got to say. They needed to hurry up. There needed to be some urgency. I'm glad they got the warrants. And I'm glad they went in. But once you found this car and you had his fingerprint, you should have been knocking on that door. All it would have taken was a knock on the door. And he's a known drug dealer. You could have done. That's almost a a double-edged sword because... If if they'd have rolled up one or two officers and knocked on the door, like you say, 
It could have broke out into a firefighter, God knows what else. It could have, but I mean it. I mean, you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. I mean, they went in anyway. They went in with the warrant. But when they get there, they're not there. Well, of course not. So the police get to the house for the warrant to serve it. And our bad guys aren't there. But there is like an outdoor trash can in the middle of the kitchen. So think not like you would think like a smaller trash can that you would normally have in your kitchen, but like something that you would have like on the side of your house that you would bring drag out to the curb. Yeah. Like that kind of like a round one with a top. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of trash can you're thinking of. But this, it's not shaped right. Like it's kind of got like something poking out of it. It's wonky and misshapen. Yeah. So they think one of the bad guys is hiding in the trash can. It wasn't a bad guy, was it? No, it was not. So they take the lid off, and that's when they find the body of 21-year-old Shannon Christian. Wah, wah, wah. Sad noises. Very sad. So Shannon was naked from the waist down, wearing only a sweater and a camisole. And her autopsy would reveal the hours she was in the Chipman Street house were horrific. Like Chris, she had no defensive wounds. Warning again, y'all. She had bruising to the back of both her arms. Bruising and hemorrhaging to both sides of her head, so she had been hit on the head. She had bruising to the front of her legs, deep bruising to the upper back near her neck. So, like, kind of like where her shoulder blades would be. Mm-hmm. She had carpet burns on almost all her variety and scratches to her lower back and upper buttocks. She had a cut to her right hand that occurred around the time of death. Okay, so she had bruising around her mouth. That doesn't sound good. Right. So the frenulum, that's the tissue that connects your gums and your lips. So, like, this right here was torn. She had been orally raped so bad that she was bruised and damaged in her mouth. Like, and her gums and stuff were bleeding. And and so, not just oral sex, but, like, literally shoved in her mouth over and over until the point where it had been, her gums had been ripped. That does not sound fun. No. So, she had bruising, lacerations, and edema to her genital area. Okay. So, she had been raped by multiple attackers. Vaginally. Anally. And obviously orally. Yes. By attackers and objects. And they had also... Literally kicked her, like kicked her vagina. Ow. Over and over so bad that she had a solid blood clot underneath, like her genital area. Ow. Because she had been, like they called it. Bourbon time. Yeah. So, like when the 
Emmy's testifying, she's like, this is, she said, this is not your regular rape. Like, and I know that sounds weird to say, like, but I, it's, that's what I'm saying. Rape is not the right word. This is flat out torture and abuse. Yes, it's torture. Exactly. Once again, they had never laid eyes on this girl before. She had never done anything. She had never said anything to them. They randomly picked her out of a parking lot, brought her home. And absolutely destroyed her. Yes. Now, she's not dead yet. I've told you all the stuff. that's no, And she lived longer. So, that's the only thing that's better about Chris is that he was. they only kept him for a few hours. They kept her for like 36 hours. So, she endured this for like 36 hours. That's what I'm saying, that they needed some urgency. So, these geniuses were like, I mean, I know we're going to leave her in our house in a garbage can. So, they would never suspect us because, you know, she's in our house. But there's semen all over her because they didn't use condoms. Well, of course not. So, even though we're going to leave her in our house, we're going to pour bleach all over her to try while she's alive and try and get DNA off of her. So, they poured bleach Bourbon top again. on her bruised, battered, and cut vaginal anal areas and made her drink bleach while she was alive. Fuck them. I've gotten bleach on cuts on my hands before and that shit sucks. I've got pretty tough hands. I I used to rebuild carburetors all the time for work. Again, with cut up hands and it didn't phase me. Granted, I've probably got some sort of God knows what from doing that all those years. But bleach is a fucking vile chemical. Yep. And I can't imagine having that if you didn't have a cut poured on your vagina. Yeah. But she's torn to pieces. I'm not even sure I'd want rubbing alcohol down there. No. I don't think you would. Or hydrogen peroxide, for that matter. Both those are relatively mild chemicals. And once again, she's still alive. Shannon is 5'8", 122 pounds. They take her and put her in a fetal position. And it's hard to even, like, put your head... I'm going to read it to you, but it feels like it's just even hard to, like... In your head, picture it. But she's placed in a fetal position. She's bound with her head, her neck, and her shoulder twisted and pressed against her bent knees. Her left cheek is pressed against her knee. So then a curtain is tied around her ankles and then wrapped around her neck. So then they tie fabric around her thighs, like pulling her thighs and her chest together. Then they put a white plastic bag, she's still alive, over her head. And then they put her in six black garbage bags. These? And then they place her in that trash can alive. These pieces of shit 
and I'm insulting shit by saying this, are some evil, sadistic motherfuckers. And I'm not saying, like, I don't want anybody to kill anybody. But they obviously had a gun. You had a gun. You didn't need to do all this. I'm sure there were knives in that house, too. I mean, I didn't want her to die. But I feel like shooting her in her head would have been better than this. Because they put she her cause of death is positional asphyxiation. Because they've put her in these bags and with the bag over her head, and they've put her in such a position that she ultimately cannot breathe. So basically I mean, even without the bags, it'd be difficult to breathe in right, that position. Because they've tied her up so tight. And then they so they put her in and then they put like like kind of curtainsy blanket material on top of her and then put the lid on. So she's even got even more pressure on top of her from this fabric material. So that was going to freak some fucking poor trash man out. I don't know. They, they literally, they didn't leave like right after they did this. Like they sat at the kitchen table while she's dying. And I'm sure she and wasn't quiet. Over, I don't know if she could make that many noise with all this stuff around her. I don't know. I don't know that she could have. I mean, I can't exactly. But I mean, she definitely, they, I mean, they testify later that she begged him not to kill her beforehand. Hearing what she went through, honestly, death almost sounds like the easier way out because even without the physical damage, that'd be a shit ton of mental damage. I know. I know you always think, like, I don't know, but there's some people who overcome some amazing shit. Oh, I'm not saying that some can't. And even most can't. I'm not saying that most can't, given the proper channels to go through. I mean, I feel like with her parents and his parents, I think they would have had a wonderful support system. Yeah. Whereas, you know, somebody with a lesser support system might not have done as well. But, I mean, her parents, they were both the babies. So they were both the youngest for their parents. So they, you know, it's not like they had a younger child that they had to worry about. Like, they could have put all of their energy into them. That's still something that would have affected them the rest of their lives. Oh, God, yes. God, yes. God, yes. There's no way. And as horrific as that was, could potentially lead to suicide, suicide at a later date. It could have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she definitely would have needed therapy, but I would have liked for her to be able to get the chance. It just, I don't understand where your brain goes. Like, it's, how do you get to this point? That's the shocking part of this case, is how do you have so much anger? Rage, hatred. And that's where the race things comes in. Because some people say that this is a hate crime. Because they're like, they saw these white kids. And they lost their shit on them because that was the only thing they knew about them was that they were white. Because they didn't know them. The theory is sound, yes. But I will say, not every one race attack another race for whatever the reason is, is a hate crime. I honestly don't know in this case. Davidson, we're going to talk about his girlfriend later. Davidson's ex-girlfriend was white. So I honestly feel like a lot of people try and find a reason to scream race racism on stuff. Yeah. 
you know, and that's honestly is not right. I agree, but I it's it's just I think people are just looking for a reason because it's so shocking that you could do it's shocking that you could do this to somebody you know, but much less a stranger, and that multiple people did it, multiple people. And don't forget, Vanessa Coleman is in this house. We'll talk more about her later. So there is a girl in this house watching all this happen. And she does more than just watch. Uh, I was about to say, I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that she participated as well. I mean. It's just horrifying that these people do this. It's bad. So it's believed that Shannon passed sometime between Sunday and Monday afternoon. So Davidson's sperm was found in her anus. The bleach didn't work, bitch. Vagina and on her jeans. Cobbin's sperm was found on her mouth, camisole, sweater, and jeans. And you'll love to hear his story later. These geniuses... In the house, they found her iPod, which which was inscribed with her name, because her parents had given it to her, and apparently you can inscribe and put, like, a message on it, so it had her name on it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's services that do that for almost any object. Her purse was there, and her pay stub from her job. Yeah, no denying she was there. They found Chris's baseball cap and driver's license. Again, further proof that they were there. So, police begin a search for Davidson, because they're not there. And at this point, they don't know that all these people from Kentucky came down, and that Boyd was hanging out over, and yada, yada, yada. But they know Davidson's there, and they've got, you know, they're running DNA and all that kind of good stuff. So, they find out that Davidson's ex-girlfriend, Darlene, who is white, had reached out to him on that weekend. And this is before... Shannon's body's found. They had just broken up because he was violent. Shocker. So hmm, she had you left. Don't say. Right. So she had left some things at his house and she wanted to get them. So she goes over and she's trying to get her stuff. And like at first they don't want to let her in. And she's like, no, I'm getting my shit. I'm coming in. So they let her in. And then she has stuff that she needs. I mean, she's a girl. She had stuff in the bathroom. And they're like, you can't go in the bathroom. And she doesn't see Vanessa. So, like, oh, Vanessa's in the bathroom. So, apparently, there's two doors to this bathroom. So, she tried the other door. And they wouldn't let her. Like, no, you absolutely can't get in. So, he shoves this bag at her. And he's like, "This here's your stuff. Just go. So, she does. So, what is believed is Vanessa was holding Shannon in that bathroom. That would and keeping sense. her quiet, and that's why they would not let her in. Because at that point, Shannon was alive. That would make sense. Um, but, I mean, obviously, Darlene had no clue. I mean, she didn't know. You know, I mean, you wouldn't know. I, I, she probably, f- th- he cheated on her a couple of times, so she was probably thinking, like, you got a girl in there, and you just don't want me. That's what she was probably thinking. I got a feeling uh, Darlene may have a little bit of a record herself. She looked a little sketch, I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, I haven't seen the girl. I don't know any of her background, but if she's well, we, hanging around that caliber well, of if person. If your boyfriend's a known drug dealer who just got out of jail. Yeah, you got a record. Yeah, you, you need to raise your standards. 
So when she gets home and she looks in this bag, she's like, this is not my shit. Like, what the fuck? So what it turns out is all the shit he had given her was Shannon's stuff. Like her go bag that she had brought to her friend's house. Really? Like it's her clothes and stuff. Not cool. So after Shannon is killed, Davidson actually goes to Darlene's house and is all like, I'm sorry, kissy kissy, yada yada, can I spend the night? And she says yes. <sighs> Darlene. But bad life choices. Darlene. So he spent the night and the next day her mom's watching the news and is, sees they find a body at her daughter's boyfriend's house. She actually initially thinks it's her daughter. So that's why she's calling to make sure it's not Darlene. Like she's like, there's a girl, you know, there's a dead body in my daughter's boyfriend's house. Is my daughter okay? So she calls Darlene and is like, okay, thank God you're alive. But by the way, there's a body in his house. And so she's like, you got to go. Now, she doesn't tell police where he is, but she makes him leave. I kind of feel like she did also may not have known where he was. He was at her house. Well, after she told him to get. She let him stay for a couple hours. And then she made him leave. Oh, Lord. So she had time. She could have called. She could have just 911 on that phone, just set it down and walked away from it. They'd have rolled up. That would have been nice, but... Granted, they may not have realized what they was rolling up on, but, you know. Always got to be prepared. So, Boyd and Davidson then hook back up, and they start trying to find friends to hang out with or hide with. So, they eventually find an abandoned house, and they stay there for a while. So, a little while later, they do separate, and, like, Boyd brings Davidson food to the abandoned house and he leaves his phone with him and then he's like they set up this little thing where like i'm gonna if i call you from like a random number like i'll call twice and hang up or whatever and then you'll know it's me some kind of mumbo jumbo some sort of little secret code type bullshit just know that he helped him hide and that for a while he was hiding with him because we're going to discuss that later so on the 11th boyd is actually picked up because of his connection to davidson So, at first, Boyd denies knowing where Davidson is. Then, eventually, he caves and he draws them a map to the abandoned house and warns them that he has a weapon, which he didn't use on Shannon. So, Davidson was arrested on the 11th, wearing Chris's shoes. Because, remember, Chris was barefoot. Shitty people. Shitty, shitty, shitty people. Like, there's no words for them. No. So then Davidson says, well, Boyd was with me the whole time I was doing stuff. So Cobbins and Coleman had fled to Kentucky. So they're all, and Thomas too. So they're quickly arrested on January 11th as well. They are found with items that belong to Shannon and Chris. They brought it to Kentucky with them. Are you serious? I am serious. Then they also had done searches on the case while they were in Kentucky to get updates. So, what happens when they get arrested? 
they go to federal pound me in the ass prison? Mm, hopefully. It's. <coughs> I was there, but I didn't do it. He did it. I was there, but I didn't do it. He did it. I was there, but I didn't do it. He did it. I was there, but I didn't do it. He did it. They're all standing in a point. I'm a girl. In a circle pointing at each other yeah. going, they did it. I'm a girl. I was forced to be here. I'm only 18. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't mean it. So it's all, they all start denying having actually physically done anything. They all start denying everything. Like, it's so annoying. They just literally start pointing fingers at each other. Ridiculous. And it's just like, Cobbins says that his brother scared, like he didn't know what was going to happen. He had no idea, you know, this was going to happen. And his brother did this and his brother and Boyd did this because that's his boy. And I had no idea. And they just brought these people back to the house. And then me and my girlfriend were trying to leave and he wouldn't let us leave. And he was smoking weed and he was all paranoid. And he even tells uh, Shannon that he's trapped like her, that he can't leave. Cause she's like, can you please let me go? Can you please let me go? This motherfucker. <laughs> I just, if you ever want to be angry, you can go on YouTube and watch his testimony. I don't think I will. These poor parents had to listen to this testimony. Trust me, these drivers in Baton Rouge make me angry enough on a daily right. basis. This person, person said not a right word for them. I don't even know. Creature te- testifies with a straight face in front of her parents and her brother. That while she is tied up in a room, begging for him to let her go, because at times there's people leaving. They're coming and going. So they're not all there all at the same times. So sometimes there's only one or two of them there. And because sometimes they're out dealing drugs, like they're taking her car and going places like stuff happens. So Vanessa's in the bathroom and old boyfriend Cobbins is in there with um shannon and starts talking to her and he's like oh i would let you go if i could but my brother won't let me and you know i we're trapped like you are the is, fuck is your is? motherfucking ass getting raped i don't think so so then he says with a straight face that she offered him a blowjob she just you know was like hey will you let me go i'll give you a blowjob hello bourbon and that while his girlfriend was in the bathroom, you know, she gave him a blowjob, a consensual blowjob that he says with a straight face I in, call front bullshit. Of, in front of her parents. I just want to choke him so much. And I got to top up the bourbon. That the reason, you know, she's got his semen all over her camisole is because when Vanessa comes out the bathroom and he's ejaculating that he needs, you know, it kind of goes everywhere because he's all. But all this, you know, oral sex is so consensual that her gums are torn. Yeah, I call bullshit. Read the shirt. I call bullshit. Also, if somebody has been kidnapped and they are tied up in your house 
And they Ain't say, please consensual. let me. Yeah. Even if she had, which I don't for a second believe she did, said, I will trade my freedom for a blowjob. That's still not consensual. No. But I no. don't even think she said that. So fuck no. him. Fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Sorry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Rant much? This, I told you this case. Oh, my God. So Davidson, whose house it is, says, you know what? Like, his first story, because there's, you know, a few. The first one is, like, I wasn't even home. Like, I know it's my house, and I know y'all found her there. But, like, my brother and his friends came over, and, like, I was at my girlfriend's for the weekend, and I wasn't even there. And they're like, sir. Bull. Shit. We have your sperm and your fingerprints. So then he says that Cobbins and Thomas had kidnapped him uh. by themselves. And then they come to the house and he sees them and he is so appalled that they have kidnapped somebody that he has to leave to smoke weed. And he says, but he needed to go sell some drugs. So, since Shannon's SUV was there anyway, he had to take her SUV, and that's why his fingerprint was in the SUV, because he had gone to sell drugs. And he says he did not rape Shannon, and he did not see anybody hurt Shannon, and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, these stories are ridiculous. Like, they are the worst liars ever. It's a bunch of bullshit. It'll make your head hurt. The stack of bullshit is getting so high here. And there's no remorse. There's no, we're horrible people. We're so sorry we did this. These motherfuckers need to be thrown into a cell. Given one shitty meal a day and never see the light of day again. So, unfortunately for this family, all five of these defendants were tried separately. So they had to sit through five trials. They had to see these autopsy photos five times. They had to hear these dumbass motherfuckers talk five times. I can only hope that the family got numb to it. I don't think that's possible. As as bad as it is to say, I can only hope that they got numb to it fairly quick. So apparently they had a newer deputy. You know how they have deputies in the courtroom? Mm Mm-hmm. A newer deputy at one of the trials, and when they showed the autopsy photos, she was had to leave throwing up. Seems reasonable. Yeah, I mean, Davidson was considered the ringleader by the police, and he was charged with sixteen counts of felony murder, two counts of premeditated murder, two counts of especially aggravated murder. Four counts of aggravated kidnapping, nine counts of aggravated rape of Shannon, three counts of aggravated rape of Chris, one count of theft of property valued at $10,000 or more, but less than 6000 60000 That's the car, by the way. And one count of theft of property valued at 500 or less. Now, Davidson's defense attorney attempted to not have Chris and Shannon's autopsy photos shown because they were just too graphic and they weren't important anyway. Don't kill somebody so graphically! Sorry, y'all. Turn the volume down. Ow. Ow. Ear. How are you going to kill somebody so graphically and then go, well, the 
photos are so bad. You just can't show them because they'll show how awful I am. So please don't show them. Fuck off. If you don't want them shown, don't do it. Well, he didn't win that. That was denied. They also said, well, they didn't actually go kidnap them. See, Shannon and Chris drove over because they were coming to buy drugs. Oh, bullshit. There were no drugs in Shannon and Chris's system, by the way. They had no history of drug use. (laughs) If anything, maybe they partook of a little weed occasionally. We don't even know that. There's no history of that. But kind of given the history of what you told me about Shannon and Chris, I'm doubting that seriously. All right. So some evidence that was presented at the trials. Like I said, they were coming and going from the house. And one of the neighbors was Xavier Jenkins. And he saw Shannon's 2005. That'll be Toyota 4Runner. Uh-huh. Make you happy? At Davidson's house on January. Satisfies my curiosity. Okay. Well, hello, Luke. (laughs) He is not happy with you putting him down. (laughs) I had to move a little bit. So, her car was seen at Davidson's house January 7th between 1230 and 1 a.m. And he also saw four African-American males leaving in the vehicle. Now, just a funny, because there's not a whole lot of funny in this. So, the defense attorney asked him, like, how did you know it was four African-American males in the vehicle? Because I got eyes, motherfucker. Well, Mr. Jenkins was like, I, myself, am an African-American male. So, therefore, I do believe I can recognize African-American males. It was funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I be black, they be black. I know what black look like. Thank you very much. Like, I was like, what an Uh. idiot question to ask somebody. Lawyers can be so fucking stupid sometimes. And he got told. So and He got a little what for, baby? Exactly. Davidson's fingerprints were also found on three of the garbage bags that Shannon's body was in. His fingerprints were also on Shannon's pay stub and the photos that she normally kept in her car. You know how, like, younger girls like to keep photos with, like, their boyfriend or whatever. Or their yeah, friends in the car. Da- like she, I mean, cluster. she was very, like... Keeping my photos and I keep my makeup and I keep my teddy bear. Like she's just cute. I'm I'm gonna be willing to bet that one of those photos was partially covering her gas gauge. I can't swear to that. I'm just just speculation on my part. Now a little bit more about Cobbins. We talked about his lie about the consensual sex bullshit. His DNA and fingerprints were at the scene. Witnesses saw him at the home. And he actually asked someone to lie and give him a alibi about the crime. So this is what I've determined about Cobbins and all of them. If their lips are moving, they're fucking lying. Right. So Stacy Thomas's girlfriend that had dropped them off from Kentucky. That's the house they had gone to when they had gone back to Kentucky. They had asked her to say, hey, when you came back, tell everybody we came back with you so that we were in Kentucky this whole time. And somehow his semen just climbed all the way from Kentucky to Tennessee. Asshole. I mean, if he can got that kind of range on it, that's impressive, but uh, it is physically impossible. All right. Like I said, we haven't talked a whole lot about Vanessa Coleman. So you may be thinking, poor 18-year-old girlfriend got caught up in all this. No, I feel like she took part 
and is just as guilty as every one of these other motherfuckers. Knoxville PD believed that Shannon held that. I'm sorry. I apologize, Shannon. That Vanessa held Shannon captive while the men brought Chris to the railroad tracks and executed her. So she had an opportunity to let Shannon go. And she didn't. I feel like she probably had several opportunities. They also believe that the kicks to the vaginal area were probably done by her. Mostly out of jealousy and anger because her boyfriend was raping somebody else. Because in some warped mind, it's somehow Shannon's fault. Well, yeah. It's always the white people's fault. Don't you know this? It's always the other girl's fault. Okay, so a journal found in the home that was confirmed by handwriting experts to be Vanessa Coleman's writing had an entry on January 9th. So this is after this has all happened. They kidnapped her on the 6th. So this is all you have killed two people, basically. You may not have been mm-hmm. the one who necessarily did it, but you basically have killed two people. Raped, tortured, killed two people. This is her diary entry. I'm going to read it word for word. Last night was one of a kind. We stayed with a crackhead that is cool as hell. It snowed a little bit, but it's already melted. Let's talk about adventures, explanation point. I had one, all caps, hell of an adventure since I've been in the big Tennessee. It's a crazy world these days, explanation point. But I love the fun adventures and lessons that I've learned. It's going to be a long, interesting year. Yeah, sitting in that damn prison cell. She was totally having a bad time and being forced to stay and participate, right? She Well, she was having a one hell of an adventure. It's horrifying that she describes that as an adventure. Horrifying. All right. It, I got a feeling she wouldn't describe it as an adventure if it was happening to her. Well, God, no. I had one hell of an adventure. It's a crazy world these days, but I love the fun adventures. She said, I love the fun adventures. Everybody loves fun adventures, but not those types of adventures. That's not, it's not an adventure. All right. Cobbins was found guilty of first degree felony murder of Shannon and facilitating Chris's murder on August 25th, 2009. And he was sentenced to life without parole. Good. Thomas was found guilty and sentenced to life without parole. Good. Boyd was not tried for rape or murder. Unlike the other defendants, he was tried in federal court, not state court. So, he is the one that kind of flipped a little bit and said where Davidson was, and they didn't have a whole, like, a lot of physical evidence to have him there. So, they kind of used him as a witness. And he would say, like, he had all this information, and they're like, well, how do you know this? And he's like, oh, well, Davison told me. But if you remember, he hid with Davidson. If you have not committed a crime, why are you hiding in an abandoned house? With Davidson and with helping Davidson. him hide. Right. You, if you haven't done anything, why are you hiding, too? You don't have to hide. You didn't do anything. So, at this time, he's only charged with accessory to a fatal carjacking and failing to report a location of a known fugitive, and he was found guilty of that on April 16, 2008, and sentenced to 18 years. 
On May 13, 2010, Coleman was found guilty of only one count of murder because she was not at the railroad tracks to kill Chris. <coughs> and she was sentenced to 53 years. Now, on October 28, 2009, Davidson was found guilty on all charges and sentenced to death. Mm, seems like a light sentence for him. Sentenced to death? Yeah. Sounds like a light sentence? No, he needs multiple almost deaths and bring back and do that about a dozen times or so. I mean, he's still alive. Because you know it takes forever to do the death penalty anyway. Unfortunately. How many times have these shit stains caused or tried to appeal? Hold on, it gets worse than that. Are you serious? Unfortunately, the Newsoms and Christian families had to endure more torture. Because their children are dead, they've been through five trials, and then they find out that the judge that presided over all five trials had been high on opioids because he had an opioid addiction during the trials. So we got to go through it all again? And then he was also exchanging favors with different young girls, and talking to his mistress and having visits with his mistress during the trial, like in chambers and stuff and like texting his mistress. So that would be judge Richard Baumgartner who sucks. Just in case y'all want to know that <laughs> he was disbarred and sent to prison for six months. Not enough time. So in December of 2011, they were ordered to have new trials due to quote, Judge Baumgartner actions destroyed his ability to preside over these trials in an unbiased manner. So I read like all these transcripts and everything. And basically in Tennessee at this time, they had something called the 13th juror. So you've got 12 jurors Mm -hmm. and your 13th juror is your judge who literally just signs off agreeing with what the jury did, basically. Okay. So, in most courts, I don't know if you know this, but in most courts, so if a judge, if the jury says this person is guilty, but a judge feels like there's not enough evidence, they can actually overturn it. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, okay. judge is kind they of the end-all, be-all in the court. They can't order. overturn a not guilty, but they can overturn a guilty. Does that make sense? Yeah, it so basically, they're like, it makes sense, but it also doesn't. They're like, make if you're sense. idiots and you try and send somebody to prison and there's not enough evidence, we can fix that. But if you're idiots and you let somebody off, we can't do anything about that. So at that time in Tennessee, they had to have a 13 juror, which basically just meant he agreed with them. He signed. No big deal. Normally. Well, they're basically saying he was high and distracted by his little mistress. In one, in one spot, it said his paramour. He was meeting with his paramour. I was like, okay. So, they said he wasn't paying enough attention. So, he could not be the 13th juror. So, they had to redo all the trials. So, they fought about this in court for quite a while. So, ultimately, the Supreme Court decided that Davidson and Cobbins had so much physical evidence against them. Mm-hmm. That they were not going to be given a retrial. Like there was no way that anybody could possibly find them not guilty. So they were denied a retrial. And Davidson's uh, death penalty has been upheld 
Good. So Coleman and Thomas were given a new trial. They were both found guilty again. Good. Now, Thomas was sentenced again to life in prison, but this time with the possibility of parole. No. Coleman was found guilty of facilitation of aggravated kidnapping, facilitation of rape, and facilitation of Shannon's murder. So she got lesser um, charges. And at this point, she was only sentenced to 35 years. So she actually came up for parole in 2014 and in 2020. I'm guessing was not in 14. She was denied in both. Good. Now, her sentence actually ends, and she will get out unless she somehow gets up, you know, is... I I doubt that she will ever get parole because the family is adamant that she's on white and they are correct. (laughs) But her sentence ends April 18, 2036, which is too close. Still a few years off, though. It is, but she's never apologized. She's never, you know, she's she's tried to make herself look like a victim in all this. You know. So she didn't learn a damn thing. No, none of them did. None of them. I'm telling you, not one has stood up and said, I am so sorry. I got caught up in this group thing. I don't know what happened. I am so sorry you lost your child. I mean, looking at the pictures you pulled up of them for me, they do not look like the brightest group. Or the most upstanding human beings. So later on, Cobbins and Thomas would tell law enforcement Boyd was with us. Like, they admitted, like, Boyd was with us, and we will testify against him. Like, he was there. So they decided to try him in state court. He was never, it's not double jeopardy, because he was never tried state-wise. He state was only for trial state on State and federal level. are two different things. So it's yeah. not double jeopardy. So it doesn't matter that he was tried federally. <sighs> they can try him state. And they say that he is actually the one that raped Chris, which there were pictures found on his phone of gay porn. So most likely he was the one. And also, if you noticed, he was the one who was much older hanging out with these younger guys. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if he was trying to like, maybe they'll get high, maybe they'll get drunk, maybe I can do yada yada and they won't know, maybe I can talk them into this. Obviously a shitty human being regardless. I mean, I don't know. But it's just interesting that he was, you know, so. And then they bring up the points about, like we said earlier, about why were you hiding? Why were you helping him if you didn't do anything? So, at the state level, he was found guilty. And in 2019, he was sentenced to two life sentences plus 90 years. Good. Now, Thomas testified against Boyd. And his conviction was reduced from first-degree murder to second-degree murder, and his sentence was reduced to 50 years. So his sentence ends May 2053. I'd be fine if they all got the death penalty. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I don't know that any of these people should ever be out again on the planet. No, I say life without parole. Let them sit and ride. I don't think they need to... I don't think that they've learned anything. I don't think they feel bad about what they did. Death and if is you too can good do, if them. you can do this to strangers, like it's just amazing. All right, let's talk about the only good things, and then we can discuss. So, they made a Chris Newsom act and a Shannon Christian act. 
that the Chris Newsom Act eliminated the need for the judge to act as a 13th juror. So this can't happen to anybody else ever again. If there's a shitty-ass judge, it doesn't matter again. Nobody will have to sit through double trials. That's that good. has been fixed. And I love these families that go through this torture, and then they always end up helping other people in the future. So the Shannon Christian Acts restricts lawyers from making up stuff about the victims in a negative light. So that where they tried to say that they were, it really bothered the family that they were sitting there saying all these things about Shannon and Chris saying, you know, oh, they were there to do drugs or they were there to buy drugs or, oh, she wanted, you know, she was willing to have sex with me. It really bothered them. And they had to hear it over and over and over again. And so there was no validity to it. It was a complete lie. I mean, obviously. So that's what that act is supposed to help do. So the Shannon Gale Christensen Foundation and Memorial Golf Tournament were established to provide a scholarship to a UT student. There is an annual baseball tournament held in Chris's name, and a memorial scholarship is also given to a Hall High School baseball player each year. The house on Shipman Street was bulldozed. Good. Right? That's the best part. So. I mean, I can't imagine a resale value was that good anyway. No. If I mean, they, it didn't look like a really bad house. Like, if you look, I, I didn't pull the house up for you, but it doesn't look like a really bad house. But if, it's just knowing that all that happened in that house, you can't imagine. If the area is as rough as you say it was... I can't imagine the property values are that great to begin with. I don't feel like this house of horrors being bulldozed was that big of a loss. No, it's not. I mean, the rental guy might think so, but I don't care. Well, I mean, she's better renters. He was actually late on his rent, too. Dave well, here's the thing if you own the property and you're renting it to people and they do something like this to it, yeah, people ain't going to want to rent the house that the people was gang-raped in, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was. I mean, for lack of a oh. better term, yeah. Okay, so first question is... Okay. Do you think they... I mean, this is all speculation, because we really don't know, because they really don't do anything but lie, like we've said. Why do you think they took Shannon... And Chris, did they intend to take somebody that night? Did they just like, oh, well, let's take them? Like, what do you think was their reason for even bringing them back to the house before we even get to the rest of it? I kind of feel like crime of opportunity and easy, easy ish targets. Well, yeah, I mean, they were distracted. They weren't even, they were looking at each other with their eyes closed, I'm sure. Exactly. Like, not, well, that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. Like, their eyes were closed kissing, so. Eyes up for only each other. They was distracted. Yeah. Or distracted. Shut up. <laughs> well, one of them was. Not after that, unfortunately. No, no. So, it's just, how did they go from, we're here to get a car. So, they initially, there is a story that... Boyd had a friend at the apartment that he owed money to, and he was supposed to be coming to the apartment to pay her 
because he had gotten some stuff from her and he owed her, like he was supposed to make a payment. And he was supposed to be coming to do that. And he never showed up that night. But he came to the apartment, but he never went inside and made the payment. Instead of making the payment, they ended up kidnapping. They ended up going on an adventure. Fuck her. <laughs> so, if you if they were there, not really to carjack. And they were literally just going to like, hey, we're going to make this payment. Stop by here. Then that it was a crime of opportunity at that. Well, point. I mean, it's definitely a crime of opportunity. It's a crime of because nobody knew they were going to be there, so it couldn't have been planned. But I just I don't understand how. I mean, they're like we said, they're not the brightest. But even the not the brightest people can be like, they're if you're worried about them seeing you, then don't go up to them to begin with. Right. I mean, if they waited ten minutes, they were about to be leaving. I mean, they didn't know that, but still. Most, I mean, most people that are in their car. I feel like it was a very quick decision for them to decide, okay, we're going to rape these people. Well, I mean, they didn't get to that point yet. Like, uh, you're just kidnapping them. Within hours. But once you kidnap somebody, you've got to do something with them. You can't just be like, oops, sorry, didn't mean it. So, you have this habit of robbing stuff. Just take the fucking car. I don't understand why you take the people. Oh, they decide to up the game. And then, God forbid you take the people, go bring them both fully clothed, unharmed. Drop them off some random area. Really? They could have done that. Or, worst case, not worst case, I mean, worst case scenario is what happened. But another, they could have just been like, brought them to the river track, shot them both in the back of the head, fully dressed, not raped. Like, that's awful. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have been able to have their fun with them. If you can but, call that fun. But how do you get there? You're a shit human being. That's I, I all think there is to it. I just think I can't understand it because I just can't get there. I a rational that. brain cannot logically Make follow this train of thought that they have. It's just so weird to me that these people were like... Hey, I'm going to make a payment. Hey, there's people by a car. Hey, let's take the car. Hey, let's take the people too. Hey, y'all want to rape them? Okay, you rape him. I'll rape her. Oh, let's pour some bleach down her throat. Oh, I let's mean, kill I know, him. Oh, I know I have a gun, but let me just fold her into this weird ass shit and put her in a trash can versus just shoot her in the head. It's flat out sadistic. It's like, how mean can you be? Well, we've already done this. Let's see if we can do that too. And they had to, you can't tell me, like, they're sitting there all like, oh, I didn't do anything, I didn't do anything. But you can't tell me they were not talking about this shit. That they weren't like, hey, let's bring him down to. As like, far they as all I'm acted concerned, like, I, like, Vanessa Coleman acts like she never saw Chris. Like, he never came in the house. Okay, well, where did they rape him? As far as I'm concerned, everybody that stepped foot in that house during this time frame is guilty. Well, yeah. 100%. Except for um, Darlene. When they were in the bathroom and she had no clue. I know what you mean, but I'm just saying. No, I feel like her. Darlene may have been high on something because I feel like she is the type of person that partakes in extracurricular activities such as those. And if she was of clear and sound mind at the time, would have realized, okay, something's up here. I think she thought that he had a girl in there, like a, like a girl he was cheating on her with. 
Because he had cheated on her before, which was part of the reason they had fought. And I think she thought, like, oh, you got some skank up in there that you were sleeping with. Not, you got some girl in there that you're kidnapped. Like, I, your mind doesn't go to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't go to, you got somebody kidnapped in your bathroom? No, you're like... Well, yeah. You're like, I mean, where else you gonna keep them at? You're like, you motherfucker, are you cheating on me again? Bitch, who's up in here? <laughs> you know? That's what you go to. Not, he's kidnapped some poor... And, I mean, these people aren't that great. We don't know if she'd have known if she'd actually told somebody. Because she sure didn't call the police when she found out there was a body. How icky would you feel that your boyfriend was in your bed? Much less when her mama said, hey... There's a dead body at your boyfriend's house. And your mama thinks he's so bad that she wasn't sure it wasn't you. Your mama thought it might be you. That's how, what type of boyfriend yeah, you have. Yeah, step outside. Hey, cops, yeah. Um, that guy's house, y'all found a body she at? Did testi- he's over here. She did testify for the prosecution, and she did help. Like, you know, she put everybody there. Like, there were multiple people, multiple neighbors that saw four black males. You know, and then saw Vanessa, and there were times, that's how you know Vanessa was with her by herself, because you saw four black males leave in the SUV. So Christian's still, I mean, Shannon's still at the house. With Vanessa. With Vanessa, by herself. So that is their proof she was alone and did not let her go. I can only hope, for Darlene's sake, at this point. She's made better life choices. She has seen the error of her ways and where her life was heading. And has made better choices to get out of that lifestyle. Right. Because if she doesn't, it's only a matter of time before she ends up dead or whatever. I will tell you, like, Shannon's dad went through this, like, bad, bad period, as you would expect. As, of, as one did, generally would. Like, he had a motorcycle group that he, hang out, that he hung out with. Like, he does, like. Oh, he's part of the Hell's Angels? I don't think it was Hells Angels. I think it's something else. But like There's he, so many he does around the country. Like talks now about how his faith saved him because he was really like he was close to murdering them. Like he was close to coming in, like trying to sneak in with a gun and shoot them. Like that's where he was. Like he was like these motherfuckers need to die. And as a father or a parent, I he was going to do like a uh, old dude did at the Baton Rouge Airport. I forget what yeah. his name is. Um. Oh, what is the name? I can't think of it right this second. I feel bad. We covered the episode. It was a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, It's a Cajun name, but I can't remember it right off the top of my head, and that's bad. Damn it to hell. Now I'm annoyed. Hold up. Let me see if I can figure it out. Continue on. I will figure it out and interject as needed. It doesn't matter that much. They know. They're probably screaming at us. Uh, Probably. They're like... You don't have the notes. It's only going to have the name of the. Uh... Oh, what? Jeff just said is the one that was killed. Yeah, that's it. Um, Pleche, Gary Pleche. Yeah. Gary Pleche is the one that killed him. Can't remember if I said it in that episode or not, but I actually had a neighbor when I was younger that was a Pleche. I don't remember if you did or not. I can't but... remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> I, I can barely remember what I did this morning. What are you talking about? So was I right about the need for the bourbon? Well, you saw me refill it, and I'm almost finished with a second glass. <laughs> it's awful. The worst part about this is it shows just how shitty humanity can be. 
the fact that people can do these things to other people and you just go, I don't know. I just, it's shocking. I think it's the fact, but you see why Dateline won't cover it. They can't cover things like this. Like well, they can't censor it enough to get the story you won't get, across. Yeah, you can't tell it without telling it. <laughs> and then if you take everything out, it loses its, these motherfuckers are horrible. Like, if you're just like, oh, they kidnapped and killed them. No, they didn't just kidnap and kill them. Dare I say it loses its pizzazz. Well, it's not pizzazz. It's just. <laughs> uh, in showbiz, that's what they would call it. I know, but I mean, it's, it just doesn't, like she said, it's not regular rake. It's not regular murder. It's not regular kidnapping. This is advanced rape and murder. It's awful. And to call it an adventure, fuck her. It's truly sadistic, like I said. It's. I cannot think of a better term. It's torture. Like we said, it's torture. Like, they literally tortured her. They tortured him. And the only difference, like I said, Chris was tortured. He just was tortured for less hours. That's the only difference. He got off easy, relatively speaking. I wouldn't say that. Easier than her. Yes. But, and they leave with him and come back without him. So she has to know he's dead. So she has to know they're going to kill her. And that's hours that they're doing all this stuff to her. And she knows they didn't just let him go. And he's not like chilling somewhere. No. So, knowing you're going to die, you'd almost be like, can you just go ahead and fucking kill me? Like, you're going to kill me anyway. You're torturing me. Can you just go ahead and get this over with? But that, in effect, takes away their fun, so to speak. I know that's a horrible way to put it, but... Well, I know. They don't want to give... I mean, they're going to do what they want to do. I'm surprised they didn't keep her longer, honestly. I guess they got nervous. Well, again, criminals are stupid. I wish they would have kept her longer, and then that way she could have been rescued. And we apologize for anybody who listens to this at night and has nightmares. Oh, yeah. Please don't. God, no. I told y'all. I warned y'all. It's a bad one. If I say it's bad, y'all should know by now it's bad. Because there's only a few. And we're talking about the person who literally falls asleep with true crime playing in her ear. You act like I'm the only person that does that. I'm not. I know I'm not. You're the only person I know that does that. Well, you don't know how many people fall asleep with stuff. You don't know what other people do that you know. Okay, but still. You don't know what Jessica falls asleep to? Roy snoring. That's why I fall asleep (laughs) to true crime in my ear because you snore so loud. If you didn't snore so loud, I wouldn't have to fall asleep to something. Usually, I'll come, you fall asleep. You have to cut all this out because nobody wants to hear all this shit. You'll fall asleep. I'll come to bed at a later time. Yes, I'm more of a night owl than she is. That's typically. not true. I'm just tired. When I get in the bed, you wake up just enough to switch over to your rain sounds in your earbud, and then you go back to sleep. Oh, I need to order that thing on Amazon. Oh, Lord. The thing with, it's supposed to be like a... It's got the earbuds headband thing in it. It's supposed to be more comfortable while you're sleeping. Yeah. It's only like 20 bucks. I'm going to okay. order it. I'm going to order it. I saw it on TikTok. Okay. Well, Luke, do you want to say hey? Are we done ranting about these pieces of shit? Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, Once again, ratings, reviews, please. Thank you. <laughs> and forgive us for... Well, Giving we... you fucked up dreams for the next few nights. Yeah. I mean, it's a story that needs to be told. I wanted to tell you. 
Because it's so fucking awful. It's just awful. So I don't know exactly when, but supposedly little Miss Summer over here is working on a Uh, Batman serial killers series. Why are you telling people? It's called a promo. Give them something to look forward to. Don't you like the previews at the end of the show? I do love previews. Well, here's the preview at the end of the show. That means pressure. I had to definitely finish it. Well, you'll finish it. I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but it's going to be soon. She's working on it. It's going to be, it'll have to be at least two parts. And then I've got to edit it. You got to edit the episode for this weekend, (laughs) which is not this episode. So it's not me that's running behind this time. It's him. Like, I'm not going to get it done. I'm still waiting. I'll get it done. Luke, say hey. Dad, I love you. So that's Luke's version of bye y'all. Hey, bye y'all. I need my mama. (laughs) Bye y'all.